You are listening to our Refinery Church podcast. Each message is from our most recent weekend service located on our downtown Brea campus. We hope you are encouraged and strengthened from today's episode. Now for a timely message from Pastor Jared Wagner. Well, I hope that you've enjoyed this series so far. Pastor Kelly kickstarted us. I'm doing the, the four weeks. I've done two this Sunday. He'll be back next Sunday, but I'll be sharing as well. And then he'll be back closing out the book of Philippians. The, the series is called Joyful. So if you're here this morning and your joy tank is like on red and low, my prayer is every time that we preach, every time that you come, that there would be a filling of your tank through the word of God, through the work of the Holy Spirit. So we're glad you're here, wherever that tank is and wherever your level of joy is this morning and trust that God is going to work. The the book of Philippians is considered the book of joy in the Bible. And I love that this book was written while the Apostle Paul was in prison. So his circumstances aren't really great. You know, he's in a tough place because he was preaching Jesus Christ. And yet this is a book of joy. We had mentioned four chapters are in this book. And yet 16 times he used It uses the word joy or rejoice over and over and over again. For you math people, four chapters, 16 times. So how many times on average per chapter? Okay, we need to go four. Okay, maybe one math student in here. Let's be honest, though. Who liked math in school? Actually, five people. That's higher than I thought. Low percentage, but pretty good. Well, 16 times. He talks about joy and rejoicing. Super important. God wants us to be people of joy. Paul was able to have joy at all times because why he kept his focus on Jesus Christ. Jesus was his source of joy and Jesus wasn't going away. Jesus was near. Jesus is ruling and reigning and he is today. Jesus is with us and you have reason for joy because of that fact. We learned in in previous weeks that Paul laid out how we can have a a more joyous life. That we often think, well, is it getting more money? Is it more health? What is it that can come my way that brings more joy? The Bible actually says we have a more joyous life when we're people that are giving away and not just taking them. We're giving God the glory that is due him and we're doing good for other people. When we live like that, God first and live for others as well, secondly, then we have joy in our lives. So if you're missing joy, glorify God, praise him, magnify him in your life and do good for other people and see that joy come into your life. Now, the title of the series, right? Joy, Joyful. We mentioned this. So every time you see this, the J stands for Jesus, the O for others and the Y for you. We're in the equation of joy, but that's the, the order of joy. Jesus first, others and then us. So this morning, Paul, the Apostle Paul, reminds us that we have joy because we have Jesus in our lives. There's such great joy experienced when we understand that we don't have to work for our salvation, that Jesus has done the work for us, and salvation is a gift from God. How many of you like to receive a gift, something good, a gift card, check, something somebody's thinking about? There's nothing wrong with that. You raise your hand on that. Math, if you like math, and we got issues with you, but receiving a gift, you know, that, that's fine. 
But the greatest gift of all is Jesus Christ in our lives. And the Apostle Paul said, I always have reason for joy. So in prison, chained to somebody, he's like, man, I'm writing a letter of joy. I'm writing a letter of joy and sending it to this church. Joy is experienced in knowing Jesus Christ. In chapter 3, verse 1, we're going to see that on our screen. We'll read that together. It says, Further, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. It is no trouble for me to write the same things to you again, and it is a safeguard for you. Saying, brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice. And you might say, man, we've been talking a lot about joy and rejoicing, like over and over again. Like, there's more in the Bible. Well, in the book of Philippians, we're talking about joy and rejoicing a lot because that's what the Apostle Paul did a lot over and over. So we're repeating ourselves because we're going through this book and we're seeing where the heart of the Apostle Paul is and what he's encouraging the church towards. He said, brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. If you have this morning a personal saving relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, man, party. <laughs> you have reason to party. There may be reason to have sorrow and struggle and issues. That's true as well. But you always have reason, if you have Christ, to rejoice. And I love that. The Apostle Paul's like, man, let's have a, a daily, hourly party and have our focus on Christ. And he, you might say, well, you're repeating yourself with this joy thing, and Pastor Kelly is as well. The Apostle Paul, as we see in this verse, says, it's not a problem. It's not a, a trouble for me to write to you and say the same things. He's saying joy is important in your life. So you've heard me say this. You've heard me write this in the letter, but it's no trouble for me to repeat myself. Rejoice in the Lord. And you might ask, well, Apostle Paul, why? Why is it so important? He said, it is no trouble for me to write the same things to you again, and it is a safeguard for you. So I, I studied that a little bit. So that's kind of interesting that joy in the Lord is a safeguard for believers. What's a safeguard? A safeguard is something that keeps you on track. The Autopia Disneyland, right? You, I've always wanted to go. I'm going in the weeds here. I'm going in the water here. And it won't let you, right? There's a safeguard. There's a track that keeps you on the right path going forward. If you've ever gone up to Big Bear and there's those turns and corners back and forth, there's safeguards, right? So if you do go off the path, you hit that instead of going off the cliff. So Apostle Paul said, joy in the Lord is like that for us. It keeps us on the right path. It keeps us close to Jesus. It helps us to be like him. It keeps us safe from straying away. When you're rejoicing in the Lord, you want to be near the Lord. You want to follow the Lord. You want to be like Jesus. So joy is like a spiritual super glue that helps us stick to Jesus. I'm always thinking like advertisement and what can a shirt be. It'd be cool just to have this like spiritual super glue bottle and it just says joy on it and put it on your shelf. You know, you want to stick close to Jesus, rejoice in him. It's a safeguard that keeps us close to him. When you're driving in your car, you know, I don't know about you, but I've had a lot of cars with a lot of miles that have been pretty old. So one of the things I keep uh, an eye on when I'm driving is the, the heat temperature, 
right? And I'm like, okay, every like often I look at the gas gauge and the heat gauge, and hopefully they're in the, in the right balance, right? Well, joy for the believer is a vital gauge for our health in, in our walk with the Lord. Where is our, our joy meter? Very, very important. You can see on, on our illustration here, right? This is important to keep an eye on. Where is our joy in the Lord? Rejoice in the Lord. Let Jesus be that fountain, that reservoir, that, that continuous flow in your life that you have reason for joy. I remember reading about a, a missionary who focused on areas of great poverty. You know, he went to the, the poorest of poor areas to share the good news of Jesus. And he would go, he'd be there for a while and share Jesus and people would accept the Lord. And, and he realized after a while that these people are so full of joy. And it puzzled him because he looked around and said, they don't have much of the world. You know, their, their house looks barely like a house. Their clothes are repeated often and are a little faded, and a little torn. They hope to have food each and every day, and yet they have such great joy, and it kind of puzzled him. And so he'd go around and he would ask the, the people that he administered to, why do you have such joy? And it seems so unique from other people that I'm around. And they answered without fail, that they didn't have much of the world, but they had all of Jesus. And so they had a reason to rejoice. And I wonder about us. Like, do we go around at work in our neighborhoods and our church and our families and people are like, dude, like, why are you like the, the joy guy? Like, everybody else seems kind of frowny and whiny at times, but not you. Like, what's the deal with you? And, and we can truly say, like, we have... Jesus in our lives, like those people. And so we have reason to joy, but for joy. But the Apostle Paul, I like this, he didn't hide the reality of struggles. If you read in other areas of his writings, he would talk about his weaknesses and his suffering and his struggles and his sorrow. Kind of reminds me of a funeral of somebody that you love that was a believer and goes to be with the Lord. And his writing was like that, that there's joy in one hand, like they're with God and, and their body is no longer suffering. And, and now they're in his presence in a unique and special way. But there's this sorrow that I miss this person. And, and there's a sadness in my heart. And the Apostle Paul said, you can have both. And those things could be real together. You can have struggles, you can have sorrows, but you can have real joy that trumps those and always have a reason for joy. So he didn't hide his pain. If you've ever read in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 through 33, I mean, he had a list of stuff he went through. I mean, a big list. Whenever I'm feeling like I'm having a rough like week or something, I mean, I go to that and I go, oh, okay, could be worse. Could be worse. And yet he had joy. True, genuine joy. And because I read in Philippians about his rejoicing in the Lord and his hope in God and the true joy that he had, even when I read 2 Corinthians chapter 11, I kind of add a little bit to it and combine the two. So I just want to read briefly what he went through. But in the midst of it all, he had Jesus. So he had reason for joy. 
You know, Apostle Paul wrote this about his life. He said, I've been in prison more frequently. Added Philippians, but I have Jesus. I've been flogged more severely, but I have Jesus. I've been exposed to death again and again, but I have Jesus. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones, but I have Jesus. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent night and day in the open sea. I'd have been constantly on the move, but I have Jesus. I've been in dangers of rivers and bandits and fellow Jews and Gentiles in the city and the country from false believers, but I have Jesus. The Apostle Paul went through so much, but he said, in the midst of all that, I have Jesus. Rejoice, rejoice. If you have the Lord this morning, what a great blessing. And Apostle Paul wasn't the only person in Habakkuk chapter 3, verses 17 and 18. This is written. Maybe sometimes we feel like this in our life, like nothing's working out. Everything's dead. Nothing is as should be. But you have the Lord. Though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails, and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. Refinery Church, be reminded this morning, if you have Jesus, you can rejoice You can have joy. You might have a list of your own, like the Apostle Paul, of struggles and weaknesses and persecutions, but you have Jesus. There's such joy in just surrendering to the Lord and no longer feeling like you need to work for your salvation. Pastor Alvaro had mentioned that in communion. It's not about our doing or our works. We cannot live up to God's standards, but Jesus Christ has made a way for us. And there's joy in that. Let's read verses 2 and 3 of chapter 3 in uh, Philippians, if you could put that up for us. Apostle Paul goes on after he says, Rejoice in the Lord. Watch out for those dogs, those evildoers, those mutilators of the flesh. For it is we who are circum the circumcision, we who serve God by his spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus and who put no confidence in the flesh. There were a group of religious leaders, a group of people that created a man-made formula for salvation by rules and works and laws. They said, if you'll do all these things, I mean, it was a list. That you would go, That's a big list. And they would say, well, you haven't seen the other side, right? I mean, there's a ton to do in what they set up as far as outwardly. Do all these things outwardly. Do all these things on the surface. And their thought was, then you'll be right with God. But they created a burden for people. Jesus said, all your rules, all your man-made things are, are a burden. It's a, a killjoy. It's something empty. It's something deceptive and false. That's not where salvation is found. In doing a bunch of works and trying to please God in that way. We're not good enough. And yet they said, we have a path, we have a way, we have a standard. If you follow our rules, then you have salvation. So sometimes we can get caught up in that thinking, thinking that somehow we're good enough. 
I remember when I was a, a young adult, I wasn't a Christian yet, and my thinking, well, if there is a heaven, if there is a God, I think I'll go. I think I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty good guy. Like, I'm not in a gang. I'm not selling drugs. I'm not doing too many bad things, you know, and there's people worse than me. That, but that was my genuine mentality. Like, I, I think I'm good. Based on what? Based on, like, oh, I was a pretty good person. I wasn't the worst, you know, youth on the, the block, Right? But I was lost. I was in that deception. And I remember thinking, I got to keep this, this false front up. I got to keep working because if there is a God, I want to make sure the scales are in my favor. The Apostle Paul is saying, watch out for that thinking. That's not where salvation comes from. And he said in Matthew chapter 15, we'll see that on the screen, verses 7 through 9, he said, you hypocrites. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. It is a tough thing to try to work for a salvation that you can't work for, that it's impossible to do. It's really a a killjoy, right, to try to find salvation outside of Jesus Christ with our own human efforts. It's deceptive. It's wrong. I, so my mind works like this. There, there was this idea of this empty promise. You do all the right things on the outside and you'll be right with God. And I thought of those uh, Easter bunnies that were really big, those chocolate ones. And it looked like, man, I'm getting my chocolate for like months. Then you break off the ear and it's, it's all hollow and empty inside. You're like, that's such a jip. Like with the eye, I thought it was everything that I needed and wanted for like a month. And I bust this thing open and it's empty. It's hollow. And the Apostle Paul said, don't follow that false idea because it's empty and it's hollow. Salvation is in Christ alone. That's where we have true joy. When you work for something that you can never achieve, it takes that joy from you. There's joy in releasing that work to Jesus Christ. He's done the work for you. To know God and to believe what he's done is is so joyful. To surrender, to depend upon him, to rest upon him and relying on his work. So maybe that's a a reason that part of your joy tank is down. I got to please God. I got to do the right things. I messed up yesterday. I failed again. You're beating yourself over and over again. And that joy tank is going down. Instead of saying, God, kind of blew it yesterday. I want to repent from that. Will you help me to do better today? But thank you for dying for that sin. Thank you for still loving me in full. Thank you for carrying me on. Thank you that my salvation just doesn't go. And and one day it's here, one day it's, it's gone. But it's secure in you. When we understand what Jesus Christ has done for us, there's such great joy. And the beautiful thing is then we want to follow the rules of God. We, then we want to please God, but it's out of a joyful, loving heart, not of God's looking to get me. Right? Joy comes from understanding what Jesus Christ has done. Paul said, some glory in their achievements, we glory in Christ. Joy is experienced through having confidence in Jesus and not self. We're going to read verses 4 through 6. The Apostle Paul had a pretty good list of achievements. I mean, he did a, a lot of really good stuff, and yet we'll see that wasn't quite enough. He said, though I myself have reasons for such confidence, if someone else thinks they have reason to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. He said, compare your list against mine. 
circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law of Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for righteousness based on the law, faultless. He said, I thought I was good because of all that I did, all my achievements. Like you would go before God and say, I, I've got the pedigree, the, the high ranking. I did everything right on the outside. God's not impressed by that. You know, in the Old Testament, there was somebody who had brought an offering. and It was a, a pretty good offering from the world standards. And he said, I'm not really receiving that in joy. What I want is a, a broken and contrite heart. I want you to come and worship me with your heart, not just on the outside. And so the Apostle Paul said, I could have boasted in my works. And that's where his mind was for a while. But he said, my joy comes from the work of Jesus Christ and boasting in him. There's some very wealthy people. There, there's somebody that I watched last week, and, and it was amazing the philanthropy and the giving that they did, that the person has a ton of money and does a lot of good works. And they were being interviewed, and, and they said, well, you know, how do you feel about the things that you do and the giving? And then for some reason, this person's mind went to heaven and went to God and, and said, well, I think God would be glad with what I'm doing. And because of my giving and my, my works, what I'm doing, I think that I would go to heaven. And then I thought, well, that's, that's pretty good so far. But then he went on and said, but I don't really believe in the Bible or Jesus. And I, I felt like going on the screen and saying, no, like, that's good that you're helping. Good that you're doing stuff with the money, but you need Jesus Christ. It's not good enough that you're just doing good works. The Apostle Paul said, I have all this stuff, all this pedigree, and yet it was nothing because I did not have Jesus in my life. Joy comes from relying on what Jesus has done, not what we've done. And, and just finally, joy is experienced through gaining Christ. In verses 7 through 9, we'll read that on the, the screen as well. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. The Apostle Paul said, I have what matters most. I have Jesus. I'm, I'm truly saved. I'm rich in the Lord. Mark 8.36 says, what good is it for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? And so he had this like scale, if you can imagine. And he's saying, I had a lot in the world, a lot of power, a lot of authority, a lot of achievements. I was kind of the man of the man. And he puts it in here. This is what I had from the world. But during that time, he didn't have Christ. And he said, but I had to give up this stuff because it was keeping me from the Lord. And when I gained Christ, boom, the weight of what I had, that just flew away. But it didn't mean anything to me. It was like garbage. It was like trash. Who cares that I lost that? Because I have gained Jesus Christ in my life. Rejoice if you have Jesus. 
The Apostle Paul said, rejoice if you have the Lord in your life. If you have stuff or you don't have stuff, there is no joy like gaining Jesus. Refinery Church, do you have the Lord? If you could say yes, then rejoice and be glad with what God has done in your life. I'm going to pray and we're going to worship the Lord in a closing song. And then AJ's going to come up after that and um, close this out. But as we're singing to the Lord, if you're in a spot where you just feel like you lack joy, like, okay, I heard what you said, but man, I, I need joy. We want to be able to pray for you. Listen, if you don't know if you're truly saved or not, if you've made that commitment to Christ, we want to give that opportunity. So let me pray, and then uh, we're going to sing to the Lord and close our service. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. God, we are so grateful for your mercy, for your love, for your kindness. So often, we want to work to please you. We want to do all the right things and almost feel like you're waiting for us to, to mess up, but that's not your heart. You love us. You care for us. Jesus, you paid the price for our failures, for our sin, for our shortcomings, and you made a way for us to be right before the Father. And we want to rejoice and celebrate in that. Lord, we, out of our love, want to keep your commandments not working for salvation, but receiving the gift of salvation. Thank you for your love, Lord. Encourage your people. Help us to know how to rejoice in you. As we worship in this closing song, Lord, receive our worship. As we delight in you, Lord, we ask that you would delight in us as you see our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you were blessed by today's message. For more great content and information about Refinery Church, find us at wearerefinery.com and our socials, We Are Refinery. If you would like to help support and give to the ministry, visit our website at wearerefinery.com forward slash give. See you on our next episode at the Refinery Church Podcast.